Welcome to Competency Number Five, a bi-weekly podcast on maintaining calm and presence when coaching, leading, and living our lives. I'm your host, DG McCullough. In each episode, we interview those finding joy and clarity through being present. We also document my attempts as a communications coach to certify with the International Coaching Federation as a Master Certified Coach, an excellent and very strict training for maintaining presence. So step away from your work and join us for a bit on competency number five. Well, I used to be in a marching band, out of school, I made a new plan. So I have a special guest on my show today, and her name is Pamela Curl. She lives in Paikokariki right now, New Zealand, on the Kapiti Coast, and we're having this episode of Competency Number 5 in Pam Curl's garden. Pam Curl's also my mum. <laughs> we can laugh about that sometimes. Yes. It's a delight, really. It is a delight. Yes. And I thought mum would make a really wonderful guest to this podcast because the theme is, of course, finding peace, calm, and centeredness when we coach, lead, and live our lives. And gardening is something my mum has found all of those things within. So I thought she'd make a great guest and just a wonderful subject for a lovely chat on how gardening and other creative pursuits can bring lots of calm within. I know you've been gardening a really long time. In fact, my infant you know I have memories from when I was three right yes, yes as early as three right. and some of my very first memories are actually taking place in your gardens for Probably. instance I used to sit you in the pram after your morning feed put you in, in the pram and sit the pram out in the garden mm. and you slept like a log and it was so because it was so serene and calm and, and lovely and natural yep and one of my I know from photos, sometimes it's photos that jar the memories. I have a, I can't possibly have remembered this, but you've told me I was one in a christening dress sitting in your garden eating rocks. That would be right. Yes. <laughs> or trying to. Ah, yes, because that was when I first started being interested in alpine plant gardening, and that's kind of different to ordinary-sized gardening. And one has to make a sympathetic place for the alpine plants to grow and so I had rocks I used to go and collect rocks anywhere in the middle of a paddock with lichen on them as long as they looked beautiful and had good shape and sometimes it was easy to drag them home and sometimes it required brute force <laughs> but I brought them home and created this lovely place you and Becky both learned that I was much nicer to everybody if I was in the garden and doing creative things and making silk purses out of sow's ears. Oh, what a lovely expression. Tell us what that means, making silk purses out of sow's ears. Well, if you've got something that looks singularly um, unimpressive and is really ugly, for want of a better term, you figure out how you can improve its looks so that it's more pleasing to the eye. So a silk purse is much nicer to look at than a sow's ear. <laughs> we'll have to look up the, the 
origins of that lovely I expression. Have no idea. It's probably, it sounds very British. Oh, I'm sure it probably is. <laughs> yes, I'm probably. There's lots of such sayings like that. So how does that saying translate to your garden? So you would arrive in these areas and may not have looked all that, but oh, you wanted to make it beautiful just from a paddock, Just a bare paddock, nothing, and you'd kind of think, which way is the sun coming in? And I'd like to look at that when I am in in my kitchen, looking out of my kitchen window, I'd like to be looking at something that was beautiful. And so I would work toward creating an area and um, build on. I mean, I was never good at getting a whole big picture, like getting a, a drawing of the whole thing. I built it bit by bit so that it was like topsy. It just kind of grew. And you figured out which plants did well in the places that you put them. And when they didn't come up after you planted them, you realized that they didn't do well. So you learned. I really knew nothing about gardening when I got first got married. But my mother-in-law at the time was a wonderful gardener. My Margaret, grandmother. My dad's mum, Margaret. She's um, since gone, but who I adored. She was an amazing gardener. She was. She? An, and funnily, her surname is Gardener. Of course. Um, my maiden name is Gardener. Yes. But she was incredibly artistic, and I learned a lot by watching and seeing what she had created, because she'd done the same thing mm. from a bare paddock. She had created a beautiful garden. And as a young farmer's wife and new to the district, I joined the garden, the local garden circle, and that was like a key to Aladdin's cave because there were all these amazing ladies who had years of experience and knowledge. Just wait for that motorcycle to go past. Gosh, that's rowdy, Mum. It is rowdy. It's all right. It's gone now. He's gone now. We hope he doesn't do a return trip. And anyway, these ladies were so generous with their knowledge and their information. And it, you'd go to the monthly meetings and they would have a sales table. And you'd pick up the – I mean, you didn't know what absolute treasures these plants were that you were getting, but they grew them well, so well that the plants got too – you know, there was too much of them. So they would bring the surplus to the – sales table and you'd pick up these amazing plants just dirt cheap and you mimicked where they had grown them so that you got the right thing and it's very affirming when you're a gardener to plant something and watch it do well and it suddenly it becomes far more than what you planted it's a very creative and hugely nurturing feeling to see your garden taking shape it's incredibly creative how lovely I know that we moved a lot. We by the I counted it up. Did you know that by the time I was ten, we'd moved ten times. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah, we did. We moved quite a bit. But I have very fond memories of wherever we went. You made a beautiful garden yeah. as best you could, and sometimes that would be in pots, That's and right. other times it would be just transforming the land or the yeah. the pigsia that the you pigsia. that and, you and inherited also, from moving to that place. Yeah. But I always remembered you, like you said, very calm and tranquil. In fact, when I became a mum. Raising my boys outside of New Zealand, raising both of them in the States where I still live today. I remember pretty early on how different my boys, my infant boys were when I took them outside. But I do remember you took Becky and I out and Kate when our third sister arrived. You would use, it was your way to have your fill, but also keep us occupied. And there's so many things. Yeah, because you have the good visibility. They're outside. You can occupy them with 
when what I did with my boys was give them dump trucks yes. and a devoted piece. Yes, the sand oh, Yeah, yeah. And I just make piles of dirt and then I would go out. I'm not a good gardener like you, nowhere near, but I did do things outdoors. Maybe yes. it was yoga or maybe it was painting. Tell us what it's like. So now we're in your beautiful garden here in Paikokariki. It's really stunning, and I'll take some pictures and add it to the posting of this podcast episode. But what's it like for you, Mum, when you're in the zone? Um, Fixing whatever it is, or building, or creating. Um, And although I haven't got my dog Say it again, just incredibly calm. Very calm, very serene. Um, You're very aware of the birds that come. Birds are very inquisitive. If you're in the garden, they'll hover around and twitter and tweet and more or less ask you, what What do you think you're doing there? And when in my garden prior to this down in Kura, um, I had hens. And when I was in the garden, the hens would come up and they would just nod their head, look at what I was doing. And you could almost see that they were saying, dig me some worms. You know, I've really come for the worms. To hell with you. I just want the worms. But they were incredibly inquisitive, and they would cluck, cluck, cluck away. And the dogs would make sure that they didn't, the hens didn't impinge on their space. So the hens, the dogs were my rangers, if you like, making sure I was safe because they liked me being in the garden too. And they had staked their claim to their part, and they allowed the hens to come in and peck, peck, peck. So what would you call it? What would you say to that, Deb, where you have encouraged, like encouraging United Nations, really? <laughs> so it was like a sense of community. Yes. It was very Camaraderie. Much, yes, camaraderie. It was, it was And community from the, yeah. from the birds that came in, the dogs that may have, got involved some way or another or a cat that walked by yeah that's right and and so you just become very in tune with nature with nature and the creatures within it absolutely and i remember i used and to talk comfort. to them i, I talked to them i remember you talking to our hens <laughs> yes that's one of my first formative memories really yes. yeah yeah it was lovely i it was and and it can be a total escape like when i was working it was very kind of concentrating and being right on the ball sort of stuff when I was working and so to come home and have a garden in which to lose yourself was Mm. just brilliant the other side of gardening that I absolutely loved was growing vegetables Mm. loved growing vegetables and luckily having a hen house there was lots of chicken manure that I could put on the garden so things grew beautifully and I liked the physical effort of digging the garden over, although nowadays I would use permaculture method of just putting compost and things on top of the soil so you don't dig. And then once you sowed your vegetable seeds and you every evening you'd go out with your glass of wine, look over the fence or lean on the gate and just look at them and encourage them to grow well. And when they did, you'd talk to them and say, oh, can't wait for you to grow up so I can eat you. <laughs> Very cute. It's really dumb, really, I suppose. No, I think that's really lovely. So it sounds to me that gardening is for you one of the three legs of your stool. It's one of the three things that keep you calm, centered, like art is for me, perhaps. Yes, yes. And what do you notice when you don't get to your gardening, Um, Pamela? Well, I guess you got you've got to go with the flow because if you're that hung up and if you can't get in your garden, you get all bent out of shape. That's not good either. How do you know though? How do you know you're bent out of shape? And then how um, do you know it's the lack of gardening that's part of the problem? 
That's a very good question, actually. I know because I know what it is for me. Yeah, well, I'm short. I'm short oh, with others. Short. Okay. I, I notice I'm snippy. Yeah, and okay. I notice I'm um, just not ease and flow. I'm an ease and my my yes. default is ease and flow. Yeah. If I'm not ease and flow, then I know one of the legs of my stool needs tightening. Yeah. I've neglected one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the tranquility, and you know that if you're out in your garden and you've got trees, like in, in a lot. Not in the very early stages when you were young, but in the latter stages, the gardens that I worked in had established trees. And being amongst established trees mm. is hugely calming. Mm. It is absolutely serenity. And, and if you've got a seat in the garden amongst the trees, it is a perfect place at the end of the day while the day is fading it's still warm to go out and sit with your glass of wine or whatever you want to have. And just look at what you created and what you had and go and nip a little shoot off a plant that shouldn't be there or nip a plant that's growing in the wrong direction. So you keep them under control, but they're, they're, you admire their beauty. How beautiful. Mm. As we close our conversation, Pamela, dear Mamo, can you tell us about your garden? Well, Where we are today? Well, we're here. We're in... Um, Kaikokariki on the Kapi Coast in the North Island of New Zealand. And what do we have in front of us? I see hydrangeas. It's hydrangeas. Now, that I've been here just six months, and this garden originally is, there are some lovely trees. So part of the garden is very old, but of recent times it probably hasn't received the care and attention, but it's got really good bones. So I'm encouraging the plants like the hydrangeas, beautiful camellias, the citrus, the lemon trees and grapefruit trees and limes, some roses, sageoa trees, maples, just glorious, glorious trees. And I brought some of my lilies with me, so they're growing and helibores are growing and they're so floriferous. It's wonderful. What does floriferous mean? Floriferous. What does it mean? Beautifully blooming. Oh, I didn't know that was an adjective. Does it stem from flower? Yes. Okay. Oh, As in flora. Oh, how gorgeous. Yeah. What a beautiful word. Yeah. And I like nice words. I noticed that about you, Mum. Yes. That's I had one a friend reason that I liked it. Oh, we just used to say, so what's going to be your word for the day? And we try to use some incredibly long words that we thought sounded very smart. Well, floriferous um, is, is quite good, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I'll have to yeah. learn how to say it better before I use it and in everyday it. speech, but I think I may adopt it. Well, when someone says, go, you know, the Bible said, what, go forth and multiply, that's being floriferous. <laughs> how gorgeous. <laughs> As we close, Mum, for those who are struggling to find time for their hobbies and for that third leg of their stall, any guidance you want to give them? Well, you've got to make a step. Mm. And even if it's growing something beautiful in a pot, mm. pot growing will challenge you because it's not as easy as growing things in the garden, but sometimes that's all you've got and you can plant things in different pots and make the shapes into a little bed and put a rock or two in amongst them so that it looks natural. The idea of gardening is to imitate, try it as you can, nature. Mm. And nature is perfect. No straight lines in, in nature. And, yeah, just start small. Just start with a lovely, beautiful pot plant. Indoor plants. 
Mm. You know, that's very popular these days. And you go through stages, but just growing gives you inner strength, I think. I think. Creating pictures and things, I think, is really wonderful. Thank you, Mum. From the US state of Wisconsin, you've been listening to Competency Number 5. Want to learn more about communications and coaching? See my show notes for my LinkedIn profile, website, and my Medium channel. There you'll gain more tips and techniques on effective communications, including the coach approach to leading and communicating. Thank you to my producer, Dota Nayini, for the elegant edits that you hear in each episode. And to the indie rock band from Seattle, Wiretree, for my podcast music. You're listening to Marching Band. You can follow Competency Number 5 wherever you get your podcasts. Do forward this episode to those you care for and love. Speak with you next episode, and bye-bye for now. No,